Assalamu alaikum. Pray the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening, Radio Islam family. You are listening to Radio Islam on WCV 1450 AM, and we are streaming live at www.wcv1450.com. And I'm your host, Tariq Alameen. Happy to be with you on another wonderful evening. For those of you who are on social media, make sure that you take a second and stop by Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Either one of those platforms and look for us at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. Like us, follow us. Uh, As a matter of fact, Facebook, we just put up a few stories that might interest you that we will probably be bringing up throughout the course of tonight's discussion. And you might, like I said, you might find them interesting. So uh, head on over there. Check us out, and if you have a question or a comment that you would like to pose, uh, that is a great place to start, and we would love to uh, to respond to whatever is on your mind. Uh, make sure that you stop by RadioIslam.com. That is www.RadioIslam.com. There you can see guest bios, articles, pictures, and just you know just a lot of behind the scenes stuff. There's also another feature that's going to be added uh, very soon, and that is the Friday Artist Profile uh, pictures. So many of you who have been listening, you have heard on Fridays we've been having uh, just different artists from different, uh, you know, just different um, areas, uh, different genres that have uh, come in, and we've had a chance to talk with them, and they've uh, performed in studio where, you know, where, where possible, Right. Uh, Because if we have a dancer, that's not something that is really, you know, set up for audio format. But uh, we've had some spoken word artists that have come in. Uh, As a matter of fact, our last our last uh, artist that came in, that was Friday. And it was a sister, a brother and sister, Uh, Hassan and Sarah Hussein. They they did a great job. As a matter of fact, that conversation got off to a bit of a rocky start because they had some trouble getting in. Uh, but is that up now? Okay, but that should be up, uh, inshallah, with God's permission. Uh, it will be up tomorrow. Uh, so you probably got a chance tomorrow or Thursday, you know. But it'll be up with the next, you said today? All right, all right, all right. Uh, that, that's why I refer to him as the impressive Ibrahim Beg. So he's on the boards. Uh, and uh, he just assured me that it'll be up today. So you can look for that on SoundCloud. That was a great segue. You can look for that uh, interview uh, and their performances on SoundCloud. Follow us uh, at Radio Islam. And uh, what else do I want to tell you? Oh, well, you know we broadcast every day, right? I can't take it for granted that I'm talking to the same Radio Islam families today uh, that I was yesterday, so we may have some new family members joining us today. So, so you know that we broadcast every day from six to seven p.m. Central, right here. As I said, you didn't stumble uh, stumble here by mistake. That's fourteen fifty a.m. WCEV, and we are a talk radio program. So we will talk about whatever there is to talk about, uh, and we're doing it from a uh, from a unapologetically Muslim in all of its diversity uh, and beauty, you know, as, as Muslim, uh, as Americans, as um, 
as African Americans, as uh, South Asians, as Arabs, as uh, as Burmese, as uh, Egyptians, whatever, whatever, whatever our composition is, um, that is what we want to represent. And what a beautiful thing that is, because it really is very much in the American. Uh, it is in the American mold of uh, celebration of diversity. So uh, people don't know it, but this is really, this is really the best place. Uh, that you could be uh, for those of you who are here now um, oh I didn't give you our phone number it's so 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 absent minded of myself uh, if you'd like to give us a call tonight feel free to do so at 312-750-1178 that's 312-750-1178 but if you'd like to just sit and listen and, 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 and talk to the uh, talk to the radio uh, that's fine too we know you're there so there are a few things that have happened uh, today that uh, have really, well, the first thing made me laugh. So if you're following the news, um, one thing that just really, it, it caught my eyes. As a matter of fact, I shared this, at least I think I shared this on our uh, Facebook page, on Radio Islam's Facebook page. And that was a story I saw in the Huffington Post that Jeff Sessions, Department of Justice, drops prosecution of woman who laughed at Jeff Sessions. <laughs> and it's almost hard to even read that without laughing. But the fact that she was charged. So I want to share, share a little bit of this uh, with you. So the woman's name is uh, Desiree uh, Farouz. Uh, she was set to face her second trial in connection with her arrest for laughing during Sessions' confirmation hearing for Attorney General. So it says that, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, it says that uh, Farouz, a retired children's librarian and demonstrator affiliated with the organization Code Pink, let out a laugh during a Senate hearing back in January after Senator, Senator Richard Shelby, who's a Republican from Alabama, Set Sessions had a clear and well-documented record of treating all Americans equally under the law. Sessions had faced strong opposition from civil rights organizations and was rejected as a federal judge in the 1980s over concerns about his past comments on race. As a matter of fact, if uh, many of you all remember, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, widow, uh, Coretta Scott King, had actually penned a letter uh, in objection um, an objection to his uh, receiving an appointment as a federal judge. Matter of fact, it was at that same time. Uh, she felt so strongly about his, um, you know, about his position or lack of a position or lack of uh, fair treatment, you know, of people regardless of ethnicity and race and whatever other identifiers uh, that we that we uh, ascribe to, that she took it upon herself to. Uh, to to write a letter, you know, and and say no, this is not this is not somebody that I feel uh, that I feel good about uh, seeing on the bench. So uh, anyway, so it says a rookie Capitol police officer, fresh out of the academy, who had never made an arrest before nor covered a congressional hearing, decided to take Farouz into custody. Farouz loudly objected. The U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia, which prosecutes cases in both federal 
and local D.C. Superior Court pressed two charges against her. So that in itself is ridiculous. Um, so you have this gung-ho individual uh, who has, I mean, to have not made an arrest uh, at all as a police officer, and you're going to let this be your first arrest? You're going to arrest someone for letting out a laugh? And this, this takes me back to when um, former President Obama was making uh, he was addressing uh, the Senate uh, and the Congress, uh, the House of Representatives. He was he was representing the you know Congress collectively, and somebody hollered out "liar" while he was speaking. Now, of course, this was an elected official, but it really seems like. I mean, well, the guy got a, you know, there was there was some, there was a, there was a dust up. Uh, uh, President Obama handled it, you know, uh, quite well. But it didn't. And maybe I'm comparing apples and oranges here, right? Uh, because he's not obviously he's not going to run up and try to arrest, uh, you know, a senator or or, or a congressman. Uh, but but it seemed just about as just about as dumb. Uh, the idea of of arresting a person, elected official or not, because they laughed uh, at some remar- at remarks that were quite laughable. So, anywho, uh, it says, but a judge, uh, but a judge tossed out the jury's conviction. Um, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead of myself. It says, uh, Farouz was convicted at a jury trial in May, with members of the jury telling HuffPost that they were focused on her conduct as she was being led out of the courtroom after her arrest. She did not get convicted for laughing. It was her actions as she was being asked to leave the jury for a person told HuffPost after the verdict. But a judge tossed out the jury's conviction in July, finding that prosecutors had improperly argued during the trial that laughter is enough <clears throat> that laughter is enough standing alone to merit a conviction. D.C. Superior Court Chief Judge... So that means that they were... Uh, those that were trying the case, that they were not concerned about her, um, they were not concerned about her conduct as she was leaving, you know, that she was, you know, causing a ruckus, that she was, you know, loud or anything like that. They weren't concerned about that. They were concerned. They wanted to convict her on laughter. I mean, that that's 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 pretty small. That's that's pretty cheap, you know, in my opinion. That's yeah, that's that's bad business. So the uh, D.C. Superior Court Judge, uh, D.C. Superior Court Chief Judge Robert Morin said he found it disconcerting that the government had explicitly argued during the trial that laughter in and of itself was enough for a guilty verdict. So you know, and I'm going to stop right there. But I, I, like I said, we put it up on our page. Uh, you can, you know, go there to look at it or go directly to Huffington Post uh, and read the story in its entirety. But really, it's emblematic. It's emblematic, in my opinion, of of the substance of this administration, that it really it dedicates itself to trivialities um, that we have, you know, a president who has who has tweeted more uh, and held fewer 
you know, fewer coherent, uh, uh, I guess, uh, press briefings, uh, press briefing, briefings, than anybody, you know, than anybody in modern history. Now, I know social media has only only been with us a relatively short amount of time, but a lot has happened within that time, within the past, what, 11, I mean, I think Facebook has, we've all caught on to that, probably the majority of folks within the past maybe 10 years or so. I know the, uh, it started out with uh, more of the, the college students that were involved with it. I remember my brother-in-law at Babson uh, in, in Boston, and he was on and he was telling uh, my wife and I about it. And that was, that was probably back in 2005 or 2000, 2006 or something like that. But it was not, and it wasn't utilized the way it is today. But the, the point being, we spend quite a bit of time talking about uh, and focusing on really trivial things, uh, things that just really don't matter, that don't have a lot of impact on the quality, you know, of our lives uh, as Americans that don't really add anything to the public, uh, public discourse, that don't do anything to address the real problems that we have. Uh, so this case, this arrest, uh, and, and the conviction and, and Fortunately, you know, somebody had some sense and, and the judge overturned it. But it is emblematic of this administration thus far. Uh, a lot of distractions over small things that really should not be ma- that it should not matter and that we shouldn't be spending as much time talking about. Now, there is there are some things that are going on. Of course, as a matter of fact, before I, before I go into uh, into this next uh, this this next segment, I'm going to mention again, just because it's in the news. And what I'm really I'm really pleased about is that there are folks in the media that are taking this administration to task on its hypocritical stance, on its hypocr- on its on its hypocrisy in its response to uh, this recent uh, this recent just horrific act of violence uh the 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 loss of life you know 26 lost 26 lives taken 20 more folks that are that are injured uh 17 month old child 17 month old baby being the youngest victim to to have her life uh, have their life taken from them and I had to catch myself because I'm not sure if that was a if it was a little boy, a little girl, but uh, that that is just that that's unthinkable. But the point is that I'm really pleased that folks in the media are looking at this and showing some, you know, showing that they don't have amnesia. And maybe it's because New York was so is so close, is so close to. Uh, to what happened in Texas. Maybe because not enough time has gone by where they can turn a blind eye to it. But whatever the reason is, I'm really happy. Uh, I'm, I'm pleased to see that they are calling our president 
on his hypocrisy. That they're calling not just our president, but all of those who who are trying to respond to this uh, to this latest act of violence, this latest act of violence in a way that paints it as anything other uh, than what it is, and in comparison to how they responded to New York. And it is nothing short of, 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 of hypocrisy. Uh, and it is also a very weak posture. It is a very weak posture to to look at the issue, to look at what has happened, and say that we're incapable of doing anything about it. All we can do is pray about it. All we can do is hope that things get better. But we're not going to have a real discussion about the real the, the contributing factors that keep us that keep these this type of occurrence in the news. So there was a story on uh who covered it? It was uh I think it was MS, MS, MSNBC. And and they said basically some of the th- same things that we talked about last night is that had this been a Muslim that committed these murders that had walked that walked into a church and opened fire and killed 26 people and injured 20 more then the the country would be in uh, would be up in arms because the islamo islamophobes would have sprang into action and and we know this cuz we've seen this so there's really there's no amount of rhetoric that changes the facts there's no spin that you can put on this any person who takes the life of another individual their their mental well-being their mental uh health should be taken into consideration it should be questioned that's not that's not the same thing to do so i was happy i was happy to see that um that it's not it's not muslims that are arguing that case that it's our mainstream media that are bringing uh bringing the 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 disparity um and responses up. So that that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And of course we know that you know there there will be people who you know it doesn't matter if it's raining uh you know they'll tell you the sun is shining. It, it doesn't matter. Uh so these people will stick with the they will stick with the same same rhetoric. They'll keep saying the same things. They'll say that it's a gun problem. Uh they will blame the Air Force for not notifying whatever authority uh, and and they will they will blame the fact that he was able to get a gun at this one place but and and that is not that really is not the issue right that's a separate conversation and it's and it's appropriate conversation that that we should have and we should have it uh, responsibly but that's really not the issue because when a person is mentally ill and deranged uh and bent on killing bent on taking the lives of other people 
then that person will find, they will find some way uh, to do that. Gun or no gun. Now, as I said, I'm not making a, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a large conversation. You know, it, it's a, you know, there, there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of layers to it. But what we should keep in mind is that whatever decisions uh, that we're making or whatever discussions that we're, that we're having, they should be discussions that are aimed at bringing about the best outcome for, for us as, as a nation and not looking at, uh, not looking just at the, the interest of a particular industry or a particular uh, lobby or group. And unfortunately, that seems to be the case more often than not. So I just wanted to just wanted to share that uh, really quickly. Uh, if you if you have any thoughts uh, and comments on that, feel free to post them on our Facebook page or give us a call at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. And you know what? I think we're just about due for a short break. So you're listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM. I'm your host, Tariq Alamina. We'll be back in just a moment. Soundvision is starting a new initiative to provide crisis intervention to those in need. Through the crisis text line, anyone can text 741-741 and be connected via text to a trained crisis counselor who is there to listen and show empathy. The crisis text line is open to everyone. By texting the keyword SALAM, that's S-A-L-A-M, to 741-741, users will be connected to a trained Muslim counselor whenever available. You can also volunteer to undergo training and become a counselor. For more information, visit soundvision.com. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Assalamu alaikum. On November 12th, Radio Islam will be hosting a benefit dinner held at Ashton Place in Willowbrook, Illinois. Our keynote speaker is Professor John Esposito, a longstanding ally of the Muslim community. We'll also feature an exhibit by the late Jack Shaheen. Tickets are on sale now at eventbrite.com. Radio Islam is the first live daily radio show by Muslims. People are always talking about Muslims. It's time we talk back.
Welcome back. Welcome back, Radio Islam family. You are listening to Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM. We are streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. And I'm your host, Tariq Alameen. Joined in studio on the boards, the impressive engineer, sometimes guest host, Ibrahim Baig. Just the two of us in here talking with you tonight, Radio Islam family. Uh, make sure if you have not liked us, liked our page on Facebook, uh, take a minute to do so, right? Take a minute to do so because there you will be able to chime in to our discussion, right? Or ask a question. And we just posted a few really nice, um, a few interesting articles there as well. Uh, so if you have uh, any particular thoughts or uh, reactions or responses, we'd love to, to know what you're thinking. And always, you can always give us a ring at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. And we're going to get our uh, I think I told you all, but we, you know, we're going to get our Instagram uh, moving a little bit more. Uh, it's not as much on there as, as we would like, but we're going to we're going to get that moving. So you can find us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at the same username at Radio Islam USA at Radio Islam USA. So anyway, let's see here. So. Another thing that has uh, that has transpired today is the. Uh, are you all familiar familiar with the the uh, the Paris Agreement? Anybody gonna raise their hand? Yes. Okay. All right. Ibrahim is. <laughs> so there's a lot. There's there there are some things that are going on, and we're sort of connecting some dots, right? That may or may not exist, right? But we're we're looking, and it was it was interesting that you know one of the big things that we talk about a lot, uh, not just here, but that's that's out in the you know just part of the public conversation, uh, and one of those things is immigration, right? So we've we've got a big big discussion, a lot of uh, organizing, a lot of protesting. And people feel very strongly uh, either way, right? The immigrants that have been here for, you know, for a couple of hundred years feel, you know, they, they, they feel differently about the immigrants that have gotten here within the past uh, 50 or 40 or even the past uh, 10, five, you know, five years, right? But immigration is one of the things that we, we continue to talk about. We're talking about climate change. That's a huge thing now. Um, and a lot of us, those of us who are old enough to have gone through through summer or through through winters, uh, real winters, now we see that the winters look, you know, there's something different about them. Or we see, we feel like we're we're going directly from fall into uh, not from fall, but from summer into winter, like we're just kind of just just skipping over fall to a degree, right? But on to it. So this, this is also from the, uh, from the Huffington Post. And it says that uh, the Trump administration is giving notice to about 5,300 Nicaraguan immigrants who have lived in the U.S. 
on temporary protected status for years. They now have until January 2019 to leave the country, find legal approval to stay, or become undocumented. But the fate of Honduran immigrants with temporary protected status, which allows them to legally remain in the U.S. and work, remains uncertain. So although the Department of Homeland Security had until Monday to determine whether to extend the protections for both countries, Acting Secretary Elaine Duke made no decision on temporary protected status, or TPS, for Hondurans because she wanted to review more information, official, uh, uh, review more information, official said Monday. The non-decision automatically triggered a six-month extension for the approximately 86,000 Honduras Hondurans with TPS with the possibility of further extensions. So this is interesting uh, for, for a number of reasons. And it's interesting because Nicaragua last month um, signed on to the Paris Agreement. And Syria even in the midst of, of all of the, the turmoil and, and strife that is taking place there, they took time to sign the Paris Agreement, right? So the United States right now is the only, it is the only nation that is left out. Hmm. Now the way, the way our president thinks the way our president thinks you know we've we've seen that he is he is a very he is very reactionary he is not one who uh who who wants to be crossed or defied or challenged and i wouldn't be surprised if he took some offense to the fact that nicaragua uh signed that deal the same deal that you know they backed out of now, what's important, before we go any further, let's, let's establish a, a footing, right? We've talked about climate change, but let's get a little bit of background on this Paris Agreement, okay? I'm sure we've all heard it, uh, the Paris Agreement or Paris Climate Accord or the Paris Climate Agreement, right? Uh, could be known by either one of these. Uh, it's uh, an agreement within the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change dealing with greenhouse gas emissions, mitigation, uh, adaptation, and finance starting in the year 2020. Now, if you all, if you all heard when we had, uh, we had Kamal Rashid in studio, and he is the owner and founder of Zanjibil Gardens, and he's an urban farmer, and one of the things that he talked to us about was soil mineralization and... Um, and climate change uh, remediation. So, this part, uh, as far as the uh, what, what the the convention is dealing with, is dealing with greenhouse gas emissions mitigation. This is exactly what he was talking about, and he was talking about it on a on a much smaller level on how to address this, how to address these greenhouse gases uh, through farming uh, practices uh, but this is a part of the discussion that they're having as a 
as, as a global community uh, that has come together. So the language of the agreement was negotiated by representatives of 100, 196 parties at the 21st Conference of the Parties of the UNFCCC in Paris and adopted by consensus on the 12th of November, 2015. As of October 2017, 195 UNFCCC members have signed the agreement and 169 have become party to it. The agreement aims to respond to the global climate change threat by keeping a global temperature rise this century well below 2 degrees. Uh, excuse me, well below 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels and to pursue efforts to limit the temperature increase even further to 1.5 degrees Celsius. So what, like, what does that mean in, in terms of uh, what we observe on a, on a daily basis, right? So we're talking about what are the results, what are, what are some of the signs or consequences of climate change? So global climate change uh, is already had observable effects on the environment. Uh, glaciers have shrunk. Ice on rivers and lakes is breaking up earlier. Plant and animal ranges have shifted. And trees are flowering sooner. So effects that scientists, excuse me, effects that scientists had predicted in the past would result from global climate change are now occurring. Loss of sea ice, accelerated sea level rise, and longer, more intense heat waves. There's also rising temperatures, right? So this, this idea of, of heat waves. So scientists have high confidence that global temperatures will continue to rise for decades to come, largely due to greenhouse gases produced by human activities. Uh, and what are these human activities? We're talking about our carbon footprint. We're talking about um, uh, uh, the pollution from our vehicles, you know, that, excuse me, we're talking about the pollution that, that we emit from our vehicles, from our factories, uh, from the generation, uh, or from the burning, uh, in particular for the burning of, uh, of coal. Those are the greenhouse gases. Uh, that is our impact uh, right there. So the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or the IPCC, which includes more than 1,300 scientists from the United States and other countries, forecasts a temperature rise, once again, of what? Of 2.5 to 10 degrees Fahrenheit over the next century. Now, in the U.S., in the U.S., uh, the impacts that are currently visible, uh, they will uh, continue to affect uh, uh, the regions that, that we see uh, that we see the, the effects of, of climate change in. Now, this is according to the uh, national to the third National Climate Assessment Report uh, released by the U.S. Global Change Research Program. So, in the Northeast, we're looking at heat waves, heavy downpours, and sea level rise pose growing challenges to many aspects of life in the Northeast. Infrastructure, ag agriculture, fisheries, and ecosystems will increasingly become compromised. Many states and cities are beginning to incorporate climate change into their planning. Now, this is something that, you know, you can, you can argue about it uh, all you want to. 
uh, and, and there's, a, there's a minority of, of scientists uh, that are not agreeing with uh, scientifically founded uh, or, or grounded um, uh, conclusions where their peers, you know, have recognized, their peers have recognized the, the reality, the presence of, uh, the, the presence of the, the reality of climate change. They see, they see this, they, they've, they've tested, they have analyzed, they've compiled uh, data, uh, and they've also said we're coming to a point, I think, by the time of, by the middle of, of this century, in the summer where the Arctic Circle will be void of ice, if we continue along with, uh, at, at, the, at the current levels that we're witnessing. But the fact is, the scientists can argue and deny, but our administrators, our elected officials, our civil engineers, they for, fortunately are not, they are not that uh, obtuse, they're not that callous, they're not that dim-witted where they're going to ignore the signs that they see, so they have to incorporate they have to incorporate rising sea levels into their planning when they're designing dams, when they're looking at how to, uh, how to provide uh, maintenance or uh, creating new spillways or when they're all those things or, or as new subdivisions or neighborhoods are built, they have to build them with the idea that there may be a flood. You know, there, there, there could be a flood. And, and so how do we build? How do we respond? As a matter of fact, that's somebody we really need to, uh, we, we're going to get a civil engineer on to talk specifically about this. Right? I think that that would really be beneficial for all of us. What, what do you think? Everybody, uh, whoever is, is in disagreement, uh, say aye. Nobody's in disagreement. All right, we didn't hear anybody. All right. So we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to get, we're going to get somebody on and, uh, and, and have that conversation because this is a conversation that, that is being had all around the country. As a matter of fact, it's a conversation that is being had around the world. And this is a reality that is changing. It is changing construction. Right? It's changing construction. It may mean that um, some of the, the practices of when, when it comes to building our, 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 our skyscrapers, uh, multi, I mean, we're talking over 20 stories, that maybe the depths that those foundations were laid at or that the uh, caisson, well, I'm, I'm about to start talking uh, shop, uh, but it may change. It may change the way that foundations are laid, that they are supported. It may change soil testing. Uh, the requirements may may change. So these these are things, these are things that our politicians argue about and deny and and use science uh, one way or another. But we have people that have to take these take these things into into real consideration. And they have to err on the side of caution. So, and they're doing that already. So, in the Northwest, 
I just mentioned the north northeast. So in the northwest, changes in the timing of stream flow reduce water supplies for competing demands. Now, if you all recall, California a couple of years ago, they were in the they were in the midst of a drought, uh, and it lasted for, I mean, it lasted for a while. Do you remember that? The drought they were, they went through. Yeah. Yeah, they had like they had like water restrictions. Um, and, and these are, once again, very real consequences of things that that go outside of our control. You know, we don't make it rain. You know, that's that's just that's not that's outside of that's outside of our uh, outside of our skill set. And I'm sure. Uh, I mean, some of you probably have heard of, of cloud seeding, uh, but even that 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 does not that does not replace uh, the rainfall that uh, that we would need to sustain agriculture uh, to 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 give our cities as they are constructed uh, and set up now. That it doesn't replace that. So water loss. Uh, that is a that is a, a very real concern. Uh, sea level rise, erosion, inundation, risk to infrastructure, and increasing ocean acidity pose major threats. Uh, incre- now, uh, ocean acidity. What this, if the ocean if, if the ocean's acidity is changing, this automatically brings to mind for me is ocean life. What is the effect on on the life in the ocean? With all of our our fisheries, uh, with uh, with recreational activities, but more importantly, let's just look at let's look at it as a food source, right? The ocean is a major, right? Huge, huge food source. I mean, there there are parts of the ocean, or much of the ocean, is still um, uncharted, as far as you know, its depths are concerned. But if the acidity of the ocean changes, what are the uh, ramifications for the ocean life? What does that mean? What what I mean, how that, and that, that changes that changes everything. We're talking about affecting entire ecosystems. Uh, for those of you who are ocean buffs and watch uh, like national. I think it's National Geographic. The the coastal reefs, the coral reefs. I'm sorry, the coral reefs. Um, they have changed. As a matter of fact, I think there's one. I believe that it, it's 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 dead at this point. I mean, it's a huge huge living mass. But changes in the ocean. Uh, changes in the ocean have have impacted it. So this is something that that we should really that we should all really be paying attention to. Uh not paying attention to it, ignoring it is not an option. Someone will have to have to deal with the reality of this plan as it, as it comes to to fruition. And if it's not us, it will be it will be those who come after us. It will be our children, it will be our grandchildren. And we owe ourselves more. We owe ourselves enough um, to to make some changes that'll give us a, you know give us a better shot 
give our children and our grandchildren a better shot at a at a healthy at a healthy uh, planet and healthy lives for themselves. So there's also it says increasing wildfire, insect outbreaks, and tree disease are causing widespread tree die-off. Well, we have seen the wildfires, uh, and and those seem to well, they seem to come up. Uh, they they're not and they're reported on, but I don't feel like they probably get the attention that they deserve. And maybe they do get the attention uh, in the areas that they're in. But being in the Midwest, I I don't really I don't feel like we really we get a real sense of the magnitude uh, of these wildfires. Um, I know that they you know fire doesn't you know there's no negotiating with fire. Um, oh, I guess I can I can tell you I, I made the comment I said I've had I've, I've done not some of everything but but I've done enough so I was a fireman also for a year and the we've seen we've seen fires I'm sure we've all seen fires but until you have been in a fire you really don't, you really can't, I shouldn't say can't, but I don't, I don't think you can. I don't think you really, can really appreciate the behavior of fire, the unpredictability of fire. You know, the wind blows, uh, it's blowing one way and all of a sudden it's blowing a different, and it completely changes your, your, your approach. It completely changes your, your attack. And these wildfires, you know, I don't, I don't have, uh, that's not something I did. That, that is a special, uh, that is a special type of individual uh, for what the, what they do in fighting those types of fires. Uh, had a little brush fires, but nothing like the fires that have uh, that have gone through 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 towns uh, that have destroyed. I believe it was something on the news not not too far back. Uh, burned down a school and. It's burning neighborhoods. Um, but once again, my whole point was is that this is also, we can look at this, chalk this up also as a, a result of that global warming. So and the uh, I'm just going to jump down to the uh, Midwest, right? Real quick. So Midwest, where we're at. Um extreme heat heavy downpours and flooding will affect infrastructure and once again there's a, always a big there's a big uh consideration for infrastructure and and you know talking about uh the weather right the materials that we use um how high we build how deep we build uh, these are all impacted they're influenced by the known weather patterns that we have. And when our weather, weather patterns change, it means that we've got to, we've got to change our, pattern, our patterns uh, in how we build, how we engineer. So it says uh, health, agriculture, forestry, transportation, air and water quality, and more. Uh, climate change will also exacerbate a range of risk to the Great Lakes. So we're in a... You know, in Illinois, and, and uh, for those who are listening uh, to us 
uh, through the uh, antenna, we're in a in a you know we're right we've got one of the the Great Lakes, right? We've got Lake Michigan, and what it's telling us is that the the lake that we have that 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 we love that's such a part such a fixture uh, our you know our our water our water line right uh our shore our shoreline is such an attraction or such a such a fixture something that we all enjoy that that resource that we have that it could also be compromised so this is not it's something that I think we should all really be paying attention to and we should all be doing what we can. We should be doing our part. And believe me, uh, family, this is not the last time we're going to talk about this because this is something that we've got to. I'm a person who is very big on not just talking, but on doing. Right. What are the things that we need to do to address this very real problem? It's good that our. Uh, that our scientists, as a matter of fact, the information that I, some of the, those stats that I shared uh, earlier, those came directly from, excuse me, those came from uh, climate change. Was it? Cli- it was from NASA's uh, website. So if you go to NASA's website and you just put in climate change, uh, you'll come up with quite a bit of uh, research uh, and articles uh, that go in depth and, and talk about. The history of uh, of the Earth's temperature and, uh, and and a lot of other things that'll give you that'll give you reason to to pause and, and and think. What can we do? I definitely recommend go to SoundCloud and look for the episode with Kamal Rashid. It was a What's Up Wednesday, and he talked about some things that were key, in my opinion, uh, I like to I make sure I preface, right, not the authority on, I'm just giving you, on my opinion, um, that will, will help us as individuals to be a part of the solution. So the idea of remediation, of, of remediating some of those greenhouse gases, um, he was, I mean, he, he was talking about some some things that, you know, that we really need to be talking about um, on, you know, it needs it needs to be, we need to have community forums on this kind of stuff. These are the kind of things that our major media outlets uh, need to uh, be posting. But these are the kind of things that won't get talked about unless we, unless we create a demand for those, uh, those types of conversations. So, yeah, so I would I definitely recommend you, recommend you to check out Kamal Rashid. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put that episode, I'm going to put the link on our Facebook page. Uh, and I, um, I would love to hear your thoughts on, on what he shared, because he shared just, just a whole lot of valuable information. So, Radio Slime family, it's been great. The hour flies by so quickly. Uh, we are hoping, we are looking forward to seeing all of those in the Chicagoland area to come out and join us uh, this Sunday at Ashton Place in Willowbrook. Uh, we're going to be showing our appreciation. We're going to be honoring uh, Professor John Esposito of Georgetown um, University, who's written, 
He's written over 35 books. He's written countless articles, and he's done a lot to dispel the myths about uh, Islam and Muslims, you know, here, abroad. And those are the types of vo voices that we need. We need rational and sound voices that can help to dispel the fear uh, and ignorance. And he has been that type of individual. Uh, and also we're going to be launching our crisis text line, uh, which is, once again, it's, it's tremendously needed. Our teens in general, Muslim and non-Muslim, uh, they are going through uh, quite a bit. They, they've got, you know, they have, they have pressures of their own. And our Muslim teens in particular who are on the receiving end of millions and millions and millions of dollars a year uh, that are aimed at turning them into an other, that are aimed at turning them into a, a negative. So uh, we're going to be doing that. We look forward to seeing you. So let me go ahead and just close on out. We don't want to have that wrap-up music plan, um, and I'm still talking to you. So it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure talking with you tonight. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. Our engineer is uh, the impressive Ibrahim Beg. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alamin. We look forward to talking with you tomorrow. And uh, the views of the host are not to be taken as the views of Sound Vision. And I think that's about it. I pray you all have a, a great evening. Uh, may God, may Allah, God bless you and your families. Uh, protect you uh, and continue to shower you with his mercy and I'm going to leave you as I greeted you assalamu alaikum may the peace that only God can give be upon you